0: friends. You're listening to Tag T for Swears, a semi-academic podcast about fandom, fan culture, fanfic, and friendship. I'm Hannah Davy,
1: And I'm Becca.
0: And we are sort of continuing our conversation from last week about tropes, but we are going to be talking a little bit more about tropes in fandom and um, kind of how it's a, a difficult linguistic tangle to navigate if you haven't gotten into fandom before um becca you have experience with this getting somebody into fandom and having them be like wait what <laughs> what does that I mean do. <laughs>
1: i'm very excited to talk about this yes also from like i mean it tags in it, <laughs> it tags in bah. it ties in a little bit <laughs> uh it ties in a little bit with our tagging conversation um mm and about like the way that communities form or can form around archives as well, Mm -hmm. which I guess we can just jump in now or we can talk about that later. I know we also had a game that we were going to play.
0: Yes, I think we need to get the game out of the way because I'm very excited (laughs) about it. And you found your sticky note and I found my sticky note (laughs) and we're so ready to just play the fandom version of Fuck, Mary Kill but uh with the the fandom twist
1: yeah i mean i guess we can give credit where credit is due i think uh the, the idea for this game came from glumshoe on tumblr should i read this po- i can read the post out loud or we can just yeah, reblog different. it on our blog um will do
0: both <laughs> <laughs> we're multimedia
1: we yeah we're just <laughs> every, we're everywhere from tumblr user glumshoe uh we played the fan fiction trope version of fuck Mary kill in which the options are slow burn, fake date, and to lovers. And it's been like 30 hours and I'm still losing it over the concept of fake dating Saruman and the White.
0: <laughs> which uh, is what a thought. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll have to think it. I mean, I honestly didn't go into Lord of the Rings characters because Lord of the Rings is not one of my fandoms, but we could we could come up with some on the fly. <laughs> That's my that's kind of my plan. I have a list of potential characters,
1: but I feel like probably also I'll end up playing off of the stuff that you throw out and just kind of
0: see so yeah. we'll see where we go. Yeah, we'll check it out. Um okay, so I guess first round of slow burn fake date enemies to lovers. <laughs> Uh, the three people I will give you are from Lee Bardugo's uh, Six of Crows duology, and that is Jesper, Wylan, and Nina.
1: Oh, shit. <laughs> it's a deep <laughs> okay, pull. Okay, hang on.
0: No, this is so
1: good. I'm very <laughs> excited about this. Oh, man. Okay. Um, hmm... This is so difficult. I love them all very much. <laughs> mm-hmm. But think, which do you okay.
0: love enough to fake date?
1: <laughs> Who do I love enough to fake date? Um, I think I think I would go fake date with Jesper because I feel like Jesper would just go all in. Yeah. I feel like Jesper would like go big or go home kind of uh-huh. thing, you know? <laughs> Enemies to lovers, it's got to be Nina. Mm -hmm. She's got the banter, like, got the banter down. Oh, I feel like that's cheating a little bit, though, because her canonical (laughs) relationship is also just enemies to lovers. Is that cheating? She's very
0: good at it, though. She's
1: very good at it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the witty, witty, flirty, angry banter is so good with her.
1: She's just, she's got it down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You could do enemies to lovers with Jesper. But he's just—he's very witty and bantery. But it's not like the—you, I would never believe that Jasper actually hated me.
0: I know. And I don't like, think. Oh,
1: he, well, like this is just flirting.
0: He just doesn't have any enemies. I don't think.
1: <laughs> he just—it's just the people collecting his debts, I guess.
0: Yeah. And then, so you're slow burning with Wyland, then.
1: We're slow burning with Wyland. <laughs> That I don't nice. think that Wyland knows how to do any other kind of romance.
0: No. <laughs> it's about my speed. It's like maybe we'll hold hands eventually. <laughs> very good choices, Becca.
1: Give it a year and then <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> that was a very, very good first. Oh, first, thank first you. round. <laughs> um, what you got for me? Wow, well, oh, let me see. See, I don't have any groups ready to go. I just have lists of random characters.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just throw that out, then.
1: (laughs) Um, Okay, so if we're sticking with Slow Burn, Enemies to Lovers, and Fake Date, um, we have Steve Rogers, Bucky Barnes, and Peggy Carter.
0: Oh, all right. I love it. I had some MCU as well, but it's different. Damn. Um... I mean, I'd really want a slow burn with Peggy. Like, I want that to be endgame. I really, <laughs> I'm just really intrigued by the concept of enemies to lovers with Steve Rogers. Uh, <laughs> I just, I want to know what being enemies with him would be like. Especially. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I just feel like he'd be really affronted all the time, like kind of an offended cat around me, like he wouldn't know how to handle it. And I kind of like that image. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, enemies to lovers with Bucky would just be a fucking bloodbath, and I don't want that. I'd fake yeah, dating him. Yeah, that'd be
1: terrifying. I
0: want him, I want some domesticity with him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> also, the concept of fake dating Bucky Barnes is also very funny to me, yeah.
0: I also because I definitely believe we probably have about the same dating experience which is almost (laughs) none (laughs) I mean admittedly he takes a lot of girls dancing and everything but you know I'm like we could go dancing that's fine but also I'm gonna like take us on weird hikes and Mm -hmm. we're gonna watch a lot of Netflix and yeah uh, he'd be like I don't know how to handle this
1: (laughs) I mean he's also so he's got like the kind of you know, super spy thing going on. So I feel like he'd be very, very good at it.
0: Yes. Like, yes. Chavoy
1: can keep a secret.
0: Yeah. And we would definitely have that weird tension of, like, are we actually dating? Or is this mm-hmm. still fake? Is this still a lie? Yep,
1: yep. <laughs> And you get that, like, extra layer of, like, questioning, too. Because, it's like, oh, well, he's just super good at, you know, putting on different faces and stuff. So is this just another, mm-hmm. is this just another act that he's playing?
0: Another persona, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But... That is, that is my choice. (laughs) And I want this weird self-insert AU now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know we're going to produce just a bunch of self-insert AU. That's what this game is. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Oh no, we didn't realize it until too late. Oops.
0: Oh no. I do write fan fiction. It's dangerous to give me these tropes and let me run wild.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, especially because this is, I think, a trope that we both said last episode that we were not into.
0: enemies to lovers
1: no self-insert ideas. oh
0: yeah we're very much not
1: into those <laughs> we say as we sit here basically creating make exactly them. yes
0: that. <laughs> it's fine we're not technically writing real person fiction so it's fine. that's true um i'll go mcu for your next one as well uh this is the only one i have for the mcu sorry but uh I would say Hawkeye from the comics, Thor, and Bruce Banner.
1: Hmm. Um. Let's see.
0: I feel bad because the Hawkeye from the comics is just because I don't like the movie Hawkeye very
1: much. Honestly, that's fair. I would. I would just assume Hawkeye from comics because. Yes. Comics Hawkeye is much better. Mm-hmm. Oh, tough call. Frankly, the idea of bruce as enemies to lovers is really funny to me because i'm just picturing this as like enemies in academia where we have different opinions and we're just writing papers back
0: and forth yes 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 contradicting (laughs) each other i love when that happens in academia that's my favorite
1: (laughs) so that's just you know a commentary on such and such paper a rebuttal to the commentary (laughs) yes Meeting each other at like conferences and just like you know, giving each other like the stink eye.
0: Yes. This is so good. <laughs>
1: um and then the idea of fake dating Thor is also yeah. very funny to me. <laughs> Mostly because with the last one we had Bucky, who would be very, very good at
0: mm-hmm. telling a lie. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think now we have Thor who would be very, very bad at it.
0: Yes. Where's his heart on his sleeve?
1: Yeah, it would be just, it would be so, it would not go well, but no. it would be very, very funny. Yes. That I think would be my, my choice for fake dating, um, which leaves Hawkeye for slow burn, which I, I feel like would also be good for him.
0: Yeah. Take your time.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think he needs the extra time to just think things through a little bit and we can talk a lot of stuff out. Like, he mm-hmm. will be all right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Can learn some asl to communicate with him yeah he feel like I would his love that. yeah <laughs> good choices oh thank
1: you yeah. <laughs> all right let me see what else i have for
0: you <laughs> so this
1: is something that i know very very little about which is why i'm excited to hear what you have to say mm-hmm. um slow burn enemies to lovers fake dating for what my perspective of the three main Witcher characters are. Just oh, to good. say, we have whatever the Witcher's name is, the <laughs> bard, and the kick ass woman that shows up sometimes in gift sets that nobody talks enough about.
0: <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> uh becca has not seen the witcher and uh (laughs) tells me a lot about what she thinks is happening in the witcher which i've saved screenshots of because they're my favorite and so their names of these characters are geralt of rivia (laughs) yes yes, jaskier Geralt. It's not gerald it's not Gerald. Well, oh no. Now I'm worried. <laughs> I have it like gif and jif. I mean, I have,
1: I've never scary. heard it spoken out loud. Yeah. it's. I just nervous. have seen it written down and I assumed it was Gerald. <laughs> oh, I hate that. Sorry. <laughs> Gerald.
0: Gerald. It could be Geralt's. I I could be saying it wrong. I've only seen The Witcher two times, and I retained, I guess, none of it. I was listening to the Never Say His Name Out Loud. They do a bunch. There's a whole song.
1: <laughs> Wait, his name is in the song? I thought it was yeah. just The Witcher.
0: Geralt Did, of Rivia. They say Geralt?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. No, I believe you. I just, I don't have any context for this. I knew that there was a song. And that it was about the witcher, but I just assumed it was about a general witcher. <laughs> I didn't I mean, know it was about him
0: specifically. I could tell you what witchers are, but that's not the point of not knowing Please what Please Yeah, yeah. With, we don't need I to I don't want to you. know. No. And the last, the, the woman who doesn't get enough recognition is Yennefer.
1: <laughs> yeah, that name sounds familiar.
0: Yes. Yennefer with a y. Mm-hmm. All All right. These are disaster people. Uh, I do want to put that one out there. Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. I, I always start with enemies to lovers because uh, it's it's one that makes me uncomfortable to be a participant in. Um, <laughs> I don't like having enemies. <laughs> and usually <laughs> if someone makes me uncomfortable, I avoid them for the rest of our natural lives. Yep. Um, Not so, your
1: unnatural lives, so.
0: though. No, because you are... We're easing into learning more about the Witcher and unnatural lifespans, Uh, good! I'll stay away from that, but if I was enemies to lovers with Yennefer, I think I would die. I think she would kill me, Mm so uh, enemies to lovers with Geralt, I think we would just never meet each other ever, Uh, because he, like me, will just avoid the problem. (laughs) which is, I mean, valid. So I guess I'd have to be Enemies to Lovers with Jasker, which would be fun because he'd make up a lot of mean songs about me. And I that think does sound very good. That would be nice. It's like having an enemy bard, you know? Uh-huh. It'd be like that. And I would take psychic damage and I wouldn't know why. I'd just be like in a bar and he'd be like, Bleh. oh, he's singing the fucking song Must about me again. Must be singing the song again. <laughs> um, so Enemies to Lovers with Jaskier, uh, whose name I'm going to say different every time because I'm also uncomfortable with how I say it. I also
1: do not know how that name is pronounced which is why I've just been calling him the bard
0: yes I'd fake date Yennefer I I want to see her try to be uh, a normal girlfriend I want to see what that's like Mm -hmm. I think it'd be fun uh and I think we'd get to go shopping a lot her outfits are so good seems legit I think it'd be I think it'd be nice. She's a great liar, like a a fantastic liar. So I think it would go well there. Very important. And then I would have to slow burn with Carol, but that would again probably take longer than my natural lifespan uh, (laughs) for it to go anywhere. So Uh uh I'm not super concerned about that one. I think it'd be one of those he just pops up every now and then and I'm like, ah, we'll progress a little bit down the timeline of a relationship.
1: This is gonna be one of those slow burns where it's like five hundred thousand words and they first see each other at you know eighty thousand words and then we just yes. go from there. Yes, yeah. that's
0: exactly how it goes. You yes. First
1: make eye contact at around hundred K. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he grunts at me at two hundred K. Perfect.
1: Three hundred K, maybe there's an exchange of words.
0: Maybe. <laughs> maybe. If he's drunk. <laughs> Oh God. Okay. This was good. And I don't think I gave away any of what The Witcher is.
1: Oh, you did not. And if you did, I will forget it immediately.
0: Perfect. I'm going to make you watch The Witcher at some point. Once we'll we get there eventually once we've watched uh, the Pride and Prejudice movie, we'll, we'll maybe put The Witcher on the list.
1: I'm very excited for Pride and Prejudice.
0: Yes. All right. So my next one for you, we're going to go into Full Metal Alchemist. And, uh, I'm gonna ask... I
1: also have some full metal Alchemist
0: characters. Ooh, I wonder if we have the same ones. Maybe.
1: I've been re-watching it with Christine, so it's, like, oh, fresh good. in my mind.
0: Yes. Okay. Uh, Slowburn, Fake Date, Enemies to Lovers, Riza, Olivier, and Izumi. Oh, no, this is so difficult. Yeah, I gave you the hardest ones. <laughs> yeah, dang. Hot, competent women. It's so hard to choose.
1: Okay. Um... The problem with enemies to lovers is that I also feel like most of these women would just- Kill you. Would just obliterate me. Yeah,
0: (laughs) it is dangerous because they are dangerous.
1: I feel like Risa is the least likely to immediately kill me Mm
0: -hmm. in an enemies to lovers situation. Well, it could also be a workplace thing. That's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right,
1: like if it was a workplace thing, there's sort of that, like, tension kind of thing. Mm-hmm. She's very good at the banter. Yeah. Because I feel like with the others, like, especially, you know, we see Olivia with, like, Mustang, where she's like, I don't even have time for you. Yeah. So I feel like that would just go nowhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so we'll go reza Enemies to Lovers, because there is that workplace kind of thing, and mm-hmm. I feel like she would be very, very good at the Enemies to Lovers banter that is necessary. Yes. And then... I love the idea of fake dating with Olivia because I think she would hate it. (laughs) She would hate it so much. Every second of it, she'd be very, very good at it and she would be furious. Yes. She's a pretty
0: good liar. We've seen. She's an excellent liar. She's not Uh, happy about it. She's she, I think she'd be so mad. She takes no (laughs) pleasure in lying.
1: I would, I would almost get two for one, where I would both get fake dating and enemies to lovers. And <laughs> get a two for <laughs> Because by proposing fake dating, this also immediately becomes
0: enemies <laughs> to lovers. Excellent. <laughs> but
1: in a way that I probably would not immediately die. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that leaves slow burn for Izumi. I think that would work well. I feel like that could work well. Um, I think
0: it would work extra well because you could probably get Sig in there too.
1: I was just going to say, I'm like, I feel like that is how her relationship with Sig worked. And so I feel like this could work.
0: Well, no, they were love at first sight. but were they? Yes. I don't know anything
1: about their background relationship.
0: Oh, you'll see. I mean, you'll see in FMA. It's like, basically, they looked at each other and they were like, this one. Um, Do we get that? I don't remember seeing is, their
1: relationship in FMA. B.
0: Oh no, it's there. It's all of like 3 seconds about how they met, I think. Oh, okay. Um I maybe I'm combining it with FMA, uh which I saw all of and then I saw FMAB, so some of it bleeds over, but um yeah, you could get you can get a thruple going there though, I think, which, which sounds pretty nice.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a hefty I'm... dude. He is large. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I feel like that's also why I would have to be a slow burn because I'm like, I don't want to, I'm like, I would just, I would feel bad intruding. So it's got to be yeah. sort of a process.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't, it would be hard for you especially though, because you're vegetarian and they run a <laughs> butcher <laughs> shop. You know, it's, we can make it work. Yeah. <laughs> you look really skeptical, but that's not going to come through in the audio. So I'm just telling everyone.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, I my family is mostly not vegetarian and we yeah i'll just make my own food it's fine oh that's cool
0: you'll just be surrounded by pork products I'll just and like be... hanging slabs of beef and one gigantic living slab of beef that is sig <laughs>
1: <laughs> i mean i don't mind being around like i've been around the smell mostly is really gross but like Sorry. i'm not if i'm not working with meat i'm not super grossed out about it i just okay. don't yeah yeah i will just avoid the butcher shop it'll be fine perfect Oh God, you're going to be so mad at me. I'm really pulling back for, like, reaching for this one. Uh oh. So, while we're on the topic of anime, mm. um, we watched an anime together in undergrad called Soul Leader. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> uh, so, I'm going to give you. <laughs> uh oh. I'm going to give you Soul, Black Star, and Death the Kid. Oh,
0: fuck. <laughs> Two of these are terrible.
1: (laughs) I thought about Blackstar, Death the Kid, and Krona, and then I was I figured I would
0: give you at least at least one person I could have a conversation with. Either
1: that or what was the dad's name? I don't want to. Red hair. No, I don't
0: want to talk about that cheating piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean the, the fast one here i'd slow burn with soul i think we both need some time but i can have a conversation with that dude we can talk about music we can talk mm-hmm. about owning raspberry colored pants which was like <laughs> a life goal for me for so long because of him and it's now i own them. color yes perfect yes so that one's out of the way um i want enemies to lovers with death the kid
1: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> i do i think it would be fucking hilarious He wears a suit and he's so polite and I'm like just a dirty, nasty person. And um, I think that would go very well. And I think I would ruin a lot of symmetrical things just to piss him off. And that Mm -hmm. would be fun for me.
1: I feel like he would be very, very good at making him very angry. Yeah. I feel like he would be less good at making you very angry.
0: Yeah, so I'm the enemy in this situation, and I like that. <laughs> I get to be the scarier one in this, and that, that's you just you're me. the antagonist. Yes, <laughs> yep. I enjoy that, and so that leaves fake dating Black Star, <laughs> and I'm gonna have to invest in like a lot of earplugs for that one because that's gonna suck.
1: <laughs> oh God! And I feel
0: like I'm fake dating him to get close to Subaki, actually. So <laughs> honestly, fair. <laughs> yeah, but you know i'll i'll be nice to the kid but like oh god <laughs> you're fake dating and it's actually just fake dating there is no further progression here. no the fake dating is i'm lying to him so i can get close <laughs> to his weapon <laughs> yeah i think that would go well mhm mhm i believe in you um so i have just a whole bunch of Pacific Rim themed ones. And I will give you the option. There are three categories that I broke these down into of Pacific Rim characters. You can pick, do you want to be, uh, to be paired up with nerds, jocks, or daddies? <laughs>
1: um, I'm trying to decide between nerds or jocks. Yeah. I can't decide which one would be funnier. The other question is, which one do I remember better? Because I will admit, I don't remember very much. From, like, I remember very, very broad strokes from Pacific Rim, mm. but not very many details.
0: <laughs> this is abysmal to me, a person who has watched that movie literally 30 times.
1: I know, I know. I'm sorry. I think it's I've okay. seen it maybe twice.
0: <laughs> I used it to go to sleep on several occasions, and I would wake <laughs> up during the battle scenes because I had it timed so well to my circadian rhythms. Like,
1: <laughs> Oh, man. I see. I feel like you would be much better at analyzing this. Like, you can send send them to me and then I will make you choose between the three and you can analyze them because I don't think that I would do as good a job as you would.
0: I know you don't have to I mean it's it's fine um I mean I think I think you'll do nerds better than jocks.
1: Okay. Some of the jocks are fairly generic so the nerds Mm -hmm.
0: are uh, Tendo Choi, Herman Gottlieb, and Newton Geisler.
1: Who was the person? Choi? Tendo Choi. I do not remember. Who
0: that is. He is the communications officer. He wears suspenders and he has a 1950s aesthetic going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh gosh! Sorry. <laughs> Clifton Collins Jr. plays him, and I care very much about Clifton Collins Jr. After that movie,
1: I don't know who that.
0: Is. It's an actor. I'm it's I'm
1: funny. looking him up now. Oh, I vaguely remember. I remember his. Face and his hair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's good. There you go. uh, That's good. The other two is the math nerd and, then, and the biologist, yeah. who is Charlie Day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I said, like, I remember Charlie Day and uh, cheekbones.
0: Yes, Bern Gorman. Um, Bern Gorman, <laughs> who I had a disgustingly huge crush on for many years. After I remember Brother sending Sulte's you movie.
1: like, I was watching. He was in some show that I was watching, and I would send you Snapchats. But now I don't remember
0: redcoats or something he was in uh, one of those he was in, he was in game something.
1: of thrones um and he i just remember sending you a picture of him wearing leather gloves and saying, <laughs> oh, no, he thinks he's cool <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh <laughs> in fact bern gorman can be and what does beatbox
1: does he actually
0: yeah huh Right. There's a video, and uh, that definitely was on my blog for a period of time, and I could find again fairly easily. So, <laughs> please send it to me. I would like to see it. Yes. Um, you got a communications officer. You've got a math nerd, and you've got a biologist, a xenobiologist, even.
1: <laughs> um. Okay. I hmm. I vaguely remember Herman being much easier to antagonize.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: so I feel like I could be wrong about this, but that's what I remember. And so for that reason, I feel like Enemies to Lovers would be very fun.
0: Good joke. Good. Yes. Yes.
1: I mean, I feel like for the same reason as well as Enemies to Lovers with um, Bruce Banner would be fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Academic Um, Enemies to Lovers. Yeah. Academic Enemies
1: to Lovers. Um, Good. I guess fake dating with newt maybe because I also remember him being fairly frantic and so I feel like the idea of fake dating him he would be very panicked all the time
0: oh that's good yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) which is also slightly funny to me yes which leaves me in a slow burn with our communications officer which is great because it gives me plenty of time to get to know him
0: (laughs) perfect I'm so glad all right (laughs) I'm sorry this wasn't more fun for you on that one. I I think about Pacific Rim on a semi-daily basis. So uh, it's always on the forefront of my mind.
1: I mean, I enjoy playing. I just, I'm sorry that I don't remember more. <laughs> I can't contribute a lot of detail on this one. <laughs> hmm. Okay. I have one character in particular that I really want to give you. And I'm trying to decide what a good match for this would be.
0: You could just start throwing cross-fandom stuff at me.
1: I'm trying to come up with a good, like, match in general to... You know what? Actually. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. So your options are Jeff Goldblum in Thor. uh, (laughs) Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. Oh, no. And Jeff Goldblum in some other movie. I don't know any more Jeff Goldblum movies. Big chill. Big chill.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) Is he in Big Chill? Actually, I need to verify this. <laughs> I have a memory. <laughs> Just verifying. Yeah, we're good. Okay. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I gave you Big Chill, and it's like not a good movie for this. Oh, is there a better movie for it? I don't well, know was it in some other. The Fly? I haven't seen The Fly. I don't know. That's a horror movie. Okay. He, hey, um, his face gets crossed with a fly.
1: I dislike that very much.
0: I have a stamp that says Monster Fucker, so it's not off the table for me. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was in Independence Day.
0: I didn't see Independence
1: okay. Day. Okay. I don't know if I've seen Independence Day.
0: I think I've seen part of Independence Day.
1: Yeah. He was in the Grand Budapest Hotel, which I have not seen. Mm,
0: I didn't like that movie very much. Okay. I'm seeing if any of these options are better. Just keep throwing them out. He was in Cats and Dogs.
1: D- don't know that one. <laughs> I guess the problem is that I have not seen any of these movies, and so I uh, don't know which ones other people are likely to have seen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, he was in Mordecai. I don't know that. I don't know that either.
0: I don't know any of these. Or just actual, do have to go, I don't want to do real person fiction, though. Okay. We'll yeah. stick with Big Chill, because I have stick seen Big, Big Chill. Chill. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even though I barely remember that one. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, fake dating the Grandmaster is just perfect. (laughs) Like, that's ideal. I don't know. I think that would be a lot of fun. I I feel like that would really be very fun. There'd be a lot of showmanship.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It would be entirely over the top. Mm -hmm. I feel like it would be very, very difficult to know when you've crossed the line from fake dating to real dating.
0: Yes. Or if we have, in fact, become enemies, even. I don't <laughs> think I would know. <laughs> but I think it would still be very thrilling. Yep. hmm mm-hmm. It would be an experience. There'd be a lot of just, like, fireworks and explosions and cool uh-huh. outfits and uh, giggling. Uh, <laughs> and I think it'd be fun to entertain an alien. Like, I think a lot of the things that I do would just entertain an alien, and I wouldn't have to work very hard. That's fair. Yeah.
1: Isn't that like his thing too? Where it's like he has to just
0: stay entertained, stay else entertained he dies. or he yeah. dies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> So I, I could Which provide. By extension,
1: some... yeah, means that you would also never be bored.
0: Exactly. Yes, I think it'd be good. I think it'd be a little bit on par with like uh, dating a D and D elf, where like they've done it all and they're still like searching for something more. So you're like, uh-huh. let's find the joy in the weirder stuff, and that could be like entertaining. For sure. Yeah. Very strange foods, probably. I think there'd be Almost a,
1: certainly. a fun
0: cooking <laughs> chapter in our fanatic. Our
1: <laughs> I cannot picture the Grandmaster actually knowing how to cook a thing.
0: That maybe would be the, the extent of the chapter is me teaching him how to cook a thing. Teaching him, him how be. to cook
1: a single thing.
0: Yes, I kind of like that.
1: Yeah, and I feel like the thing that he would have in mind would be some sort of weird alien thing so you would definitely have to just go around trying to find exactly the right ingredients. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That'd be a fun little adventure. Yeah. I like that a lot.
1: So this almost also turns into a slow burn.
0: I guess so. I mean, we have a lot of time. We have a lot of his time. I don't know. I, I, again, have a finite human life. (laughs) That's fair. I'm getting a lot of, like, semi-immortal characters.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's true.
0: I guess I could Enemies to Lovers with Jeff Goldblum from The Big Chill because I don't remember him very much. I mean, he was just like a human man who was kind of sad about his friend's death. So um, I think it would be uh, a respite from the sadness that he gets to feel anger. And then... (laughs) Uh, uh, What is this extra feeling he is feeling? Perhaps entertainment and interest. So, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I think it would bring him out of his sadness there. And then I guess that's a slow burn with Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park, which I like. He's an interesting character. I've seen Jurassic Park 1 and 2 now. If you had talked to me a year ago, I wouldn't have seen either of them. But I've seen oh, them all both. all
1: right. Got gotcha. to at just the right time.
0: Yeah. And so uh, I, I think we'd have a nice time. He's an academic. He's uh, an academic who tries to be sexy, which I think is very <laughs> funny. He's got a daughter, so I wouldn't have oh. to give him spawn. And I think it would be great.
1: <laughs> Seems legit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right this is the last one i have for you and uh it's on a similar vein oh good from good omens oh no low burn fake date enemies to lovers 70s crowley nanny crowley or shakespeare crowley
1: oh no (laughs) (laughs) this is worse than i expected Like, I was really concerned for a moment because I was like, oh no, am I going to have to like split up Curly in a zero fill? Oh, no. I couldn't do that. Neither of us yeah, could no, do that.
0: That'd be awful. <laughs> oh, God. It just comes down to what aesthetic you want for the rest of your life.
1: These are all almost mostly the worst ones.
0: Yes. Oh. <laughs> I was going to give you Mesopotamia Curly. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: man. All right. Um enemies to lovers 70s crowley because Mm -hmm. i feel like that was when he was in peak form in terms of just fucking shit up yes and so i feel like we could just go into this back and forth like prank war or like trying to like one-up each other Mm -hmm. um and so i feel like that would work very very nicely Good. Also, I would just be able to constantly diss on his mustache.
0: Yes, <laughs> mock his mustache.
1: It's very, very bad. Yes, and so I could just.
0: <laughs> and that is the time period where he says "wahoo" unironically. So.
1: Yep, sure is. So there's yeah. just there's a lot there's a lot of banter potential there. There's a yes. lot of uh, enemies potential there.
0: <laughs> Good. Yes, fully agree. Then, hmm,
1: I think I. I think I would do fake dating for Shakespeare Crowley, Mm -hmm. just because I feel like Shakespeare Crowley was sort of in that, like, in-between where it's like he was super cranky all the time, but also was doing kind things all of the time, and so Mm -hmm. I feel like that is kind of the sweet spot for fake dating.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like he helps you get out of an arranged marriage or something. Yeah,
1: exactly, where it's like you're doing nice things for each other, but a little bit grumpy about it, too. That's
0: good. So... (laughs) Love that.
1: Which means slow burn nanny Crowley. Mm-hmm. Which I don't really know how I feel about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um but I guess uh Slowburn with Nanny Crowley, I guess a lot of I feel like she she seems like she has many secrets and I would like to know what they are. That's fair. Yeah.
0: <laughs> She's a an enigma
1: a yeah. woman. Yeah, exactly. So slowburn gives us, yeah, a little more time to figure stuff out. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I gotta figure out a good one to give you for the last one. I feel like I don't have anything that's gonna be as good as that. Slowburn, Emily is Fake Dating, Professor Trelawney, Professor McGonagall, and Professor Sprout.
0: Oh, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Oh man, why'd Trelawney have to be in there? I'd go enemies to lovers with Trelawney just because I don't know that it ever progressed to lovers. I mean, we might get stuck on enemies. I have hope. And then I, I would fake date Professor Sprout I guess because I really just want to slow burn with McGonagall. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, you just want to slow burn with McGonagall. I just want slow burn with McGonagall. I was like, Professor Sprout seems perfectly lovely. Like, uh, I find her adorable and plants are great, but I don't love plants that much. And I do love <laughs> McGonagall and cats that much. And I get both. <laughs> Over a very long period of time. Over a very long period of time, yeah. And McGonagall is a party girl.
1: Use that involve Professor Sprout being very, very cool, and so I think probably I have more opinions and thoughts on Professor Sprout than most normal people do.
0: Oh, okay, that's fair. I guess the fanon version of her might be, like, super awesome. That's a fun thing to think about, where, like, the fandom takes a character and decides some stuff about them, and then it just totally colors your view.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's very many characters that are like that for me, where I either just didn't have opinions on them in the first place or had like a negative opinion and then had a positive or even vice versa where I've had a positive opinion and then read some stuff and been like, actually, that's a good point.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Fandom meta is very fun for that reason. Like you just start thinking more in depth about some things that you never even considered as you're reading through somebody's post. And Mm -hmm. that's really great. And then I like building our own meta too.
1: Like overthinking
0: all that kind of stuff.
1: I mean, it makes it much more interesting because I mean, I think that's the most fun part about fandom and fan fiction, because yes, of course, there's always the, the canon world as it was created, but maybe this is just me going into communications theory and that sort of thing too, you know, the way that we interpret and then sort of reinterpret things. Mm -hmm. Um, I just find that really interesting how fans do take different forms of media from their own perspectives and then just completely reinterpret it or change it depending on like what their perspective is and the way that different people see the same show or read the same book it's completely different from depending on where they're coming from
0: yeah i think it's really interesting when you get a fan in which is the fandom canon where it's Mm -hmm. not confirmed in the show or anything like that, but everyone kind of has just accepted these particular facts about a character Uh or like extrapolated to the same ends or what I'm seeing a lot of because I'm in podcast fandom is where people decide that characters look a certain way or have a certain background, which is super interesting. Um, And then sometimes I think detrimental (laughs) uh, to creativity and um it can start to get into some sort of like fandom gatekeeping politics mm, where it's like mm-hmm. if you have a different idea because you're coming in and you've got your like cool new drawing of what you think this character looks like or you have this really great idea for how these characters would be in a relationship or um some backstory thing that you think would be great to delve into and people are like no that's not real and then you're like but the canon doesn't contradict it in any way right
1: like, it could be
0: real yeah that kind of stuff is frustrating to see, and I feel like it's happening more often in fandom spaces, and mm-hmm. it's part of why I'm so reluctant to participate in larger fandom discussions, which I don't think is a bad thing. I mean, I cultivate the people who I talk about fandom stuff with. We say, as we're producing this podcast, to release to the world. Yes. <laughs> But there's so many podcasts, Becca. The odds of people finding this one are very low. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Which I'm relying on because I never want to be famous on the internet. (laughs) So (laughs) frightened of that. (laughs) Sounds very bad. Yeah. I don't want to be yelled at. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it very much. I love learning things. Do not love being yelled at. (laughs) Yep. That. Yeah. Same. Mm -hmm. We'll just keep to our own little pocket. Yeah, and keep learning things as we go, and uh, hopefully not get yelled at. But yeah, we can have a larger discussion about this later when we're more prepared, perhaps, but uh, I would love to talk about fan and interpretations of things, and some that you've seen that have been really cool, and some that you've seen that have been less good yeah definitely i think
1: that could be an episode all on its own really
0: Mm -hmm, we'll table that one for a later date we'll table that one for now and continue more on the vein of discussing fandom things with people who are unfamiliar some people might be entering fandom in general for the first time and i still Mm -hmm. remember entering fandom for the first time looking at tags on AO3 and being like, oh, these, some of these are capitalized and look pretty official. And some of these are definitely someone's 2am rant that they spelled wrong and put in the tags. <laughs> no shade. Cause I've done that too, but. Oh, for sure. There's a learning period when you're first getting into fandom of learning what certain words mean. And I mean, I'm still learning stuff about it as well, just cause. Yeah, sure. The language changes, jargon changes, I'd never heard Dead Dove Do Not Eat until this year. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: I don't see it often being actively used. Like, I see it more often in discussions about older fandom, or I'll see it in the very frequent discussions that I see about AO3 and the type of content that should be allowed on AO3. You quote unquote should. Yeah. Um and about like the importance of tagging and that sort of thing um mm-hmm. and the importance of reading the tags and knowing what you are or are not comfortable with that sort of thing
0: yeah i feel like uh if there was someone spying on my computer camera uh watching me scroll through fan fiction to the wee hours of the morning they would definitely hear me mutter to myself sometimes oh no uh-huh. and, uh, no thank you as i'm scrolling through like just it just, just, just goes on a journey <laughs> Yeah. And like, the joy is when you are stopped at the gate, even Uh by some of the tags and you're like, no, thank you. I cannot partake of this particular kink or a scenario or idea that you have. And that is signaled to me by something like Dead Dove Do Not Eat, where it's like another just reminder, please, I'm promising you check the tags. I wrote this and I think it's fucked up but I wanted to make it. So heads up. Don't yell at me. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And I mean, I think that's both the benefit to the tags and also potentially not an issue, but one of those things where there are certain tags or fandom jargon that comes up where if you are not familiar with it and if the author has not included additional descriptive tags, other than sort of fandom jargony ones, Mm. um, somebody who is, browsing and not as familiar with fandom or not even not as familiar with a particular trope, with a particular corner of fandom. I think that probably is most likely where somebody might potentially get into trouble or just not knowing their own boundaries and reading something that they shouldn't have, but also just not being familiar with what different tags might mean and accidentally kind of stumbling into something that they wish they hadn't read.
0: Yeah, definitely would recommend Googling some words if a fic is M or E and there's some confusing words in there, uh, there's a lot of just like secret terms for some stuff. Uh, And I'm trying not to be explicit with some of the stuff that I have learned through fan fiction that I'm not (laughs) into, but that people are into enough to have specific terminology for such a thing. Uh, Yeah. And I, it was, it was a journey and you know, I, I didn't blame the person who wrote it, and I didn't necessarily blame myself either. I have a really high capacity for reading something that unsettles uh, me, and I know I'll get over it eventually, but, you know, that stuff stick, sticks with you, and I do still remember things that I realized I'm super not into or make me uncomfortable or um, I just can't think very hard about <laughs> because I don't want to linger in that particular headspace Um, and that's fine because some people really want to just have all hurt, no comfort, just like angsty stuff or they're really into interesting sexual practices uh, or get some sort of philia situation from something that is non-standard and like, that's cool. And I'm glad that there's a space for you to explore that and engage with that. And it was all on me if I read that. (laughs) Yeah you tagged it right, like, I, yep, that was me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's the th- important and interesting thing about tagging. And I mean, I get, we're going back into me talking about how great AO3 is, mm-hmm. which I could talk about all day. <laughs> it requires you to choose archive warnings or to explicitly say that you chose not to choose archive warnings. Mm-hmm. So there are certain things that AO3 requires, requires you to tag. So like if there is underage for major character death, non-con or dubcon, um, they don't
0: do dub con. They'll do rape, though. Rape or non-con.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. I think those are some of the main violence? ones. Did they do Maybe, yeah, I think gra- particularly graphic violence. Graphic violence, yeah. Yeah, so you can choose any of those warnings. You can say that no warnings apply, or you can say that you chose not to include a warning, yeah. um, which sometimes people might do, for example, if there's a character death, but it's sort of a spoiler, and so sometimes they might... Mention it in later tags. I've seen folks, you know, say that this tag applies, but you know, read the chapter notes or read the you know, read the author notes for more specific tags, that sort of thing. But you can't post something without choosing one of those options. Either saying that these warnings apply, no warnings apply, or I chose not to select anything. But that doesn't—that's not the same thing as no warnings apply. That just means I didn't choose one.
0: Yeah. I've been seeing something interesting happening with certain authors in the fandoms that I'm in right now, where there'll be chapter warnings that'll either show up at the beginning of the chapter, like heads up, here's what's coming here, or it'll be a link to at the end of the notes uh, at the end of the fic, you can check what happens in here. And some of them, um, I'd never even thought of tagging, but I was like, this would be kind of cool. Uh, one person wrote a fic and, um, in the end notes, uh, had secondhand embarrassment as a tag, Mm. and then they described what happened in the portion that was secondhand embarrassment, like, in pretty neutral terms, and, um, as someone who read that whole fic, got to the end notes and was very secondhand embarrassed, I was like, holy shit, like, that was really cool that they thought to do that. I'm not at the point in my life where I have to avoid that kind of stuff, but it does make me kind of like read slower and look away a lot. And I do get embarrassed Mm. and I can't like watch TV when secondhand embarrassment stuff is happening. It makes makes me me so uncomfortable. Yeah. And I was like, this is a really cool concept that I haven't seen done before. And that person, the way that person tags is very specific to them. They use the tags at the beginning, but they also will throw more specific chapter based tags at the end.
1: Yeah. I've seen, I mostly see either warnings at the beginning of chapters, especially for things that maybe apply to that chapter in general, but not to the fic as a whole, where they might say like, oh, there's slight reference to this thing, but that's not a theme in this fic, especially for really, really long ones. Mm -hmm. So seeing more individual chapter-based tags, which I also like. This is skewing off into a related but entirely different way of thinking about our current topic. It's interesting to me to see what sorts of tags catch on in fandoms and to see, I guess, the community that builds up around particular tags, but mostly tropes at this point, going back kind of into the trope conversation that we Mm -hmm. started.
0: I'm always going to be talking about tropes.
1: Yeah, love tropes. Um, But also because tropes become tags, Mm -hmm. where you can search for particular tropes through the tags, something will be tagged. As fluff or as hurt, comfort, or that sort of thing, you know, communities are sort of based around a shared language as well. And so, fandom has its own shared languages, shared descriptions. Um, yeah. And it's interesting to me how much of that really does revolve around fan fiction and fan fiction archiving practices, mm-hmm. um, which I find very, very interesting <laughs> <laughs> um, because I think a lot of people don't really think about archives in general as like community spaces even though they are but they're not community spaces that are used by a vast majority of people i would say mm-hmm. with the exception of potentially online archives like this where within this section of fandom that reads and participates in fan fiction culture like the it revolves around archives that's it needs to necessarily and so this community is formed around and because of archives in part which I I, as a library science student find very interesting and exciting
0: it's pretty cool too because AO3 lets you do things like um I've seen them like as big bangs is what they're called but they seem like
1: challenges and stuff
0: yeah and like fic writing contests and theme weeks which I've done a couple of before and you can publicize those on your own social media and sometimes they they make the rounds on tumblr and then they're on ao3 and they're tagged in particular ways there's some sort of gift exchanges sometimes Mm -hmm. uh, usually around the holidays
1: and there's ways of like creating collections and stuff Mm
0: -hmm. i have seen some critique of collections actually and i i haven't actually allowed any of my works to be put into collections because you lose control over Mm -hmm. if they can show your author name or not or something like that so they can hide who wrote a fic if they choose to. And like, they may not, they probably won't, but I've seen that as a reason to not let people Mm, put your work in a collection.
1: Yeah, I think I remember seeing something discussing issues with collections, and it's something that I put in my to read later list and have not got back to
0: reading (laughs) later. (laughs) I did too. And then someone asked to put one of my fics in a collection and a couple of them actually were slated to do that. And I just never responded because I'm a very passive, quiet person. Um, and I assume it went away. I feel like people can tag stuff though. So I, I don't, um, use my AO3 to its full extent because I'm just at the point now where I'm not totally embarrassed about having one. And I don't think I've ever left a kudos as my username. I've always it honestly. Oh, really? Yeah. Like I just never stayed logged in. I'll log in to post a fic and then I'll immediately log back out again. And I'm starting to stay more logged in now because I'm updating more frequently, but I, I was just sort of poking around in there and it looks like people can, you know, bookmark fic and have their bookmark collections and also include tags on that for themselves mm-hmm. and leave little comments about it as well. Yeah, it's a really
1: cool way of, like, organizing stuff. I also don't use bookmarking to its full extent. Um, mm. But, yeah, I you can bookmark things, tag them, which I suspect would probably be really nice if you're like me and you can't always remember the final finer details of a fic or if there's something yeah. in particular that you want to remember about a fic where you're like, I'm saving this because of this thing in particular. So in that sense, it would be really nice. I just have... A spreadsheet that I use instead I love your spreadsheet <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think in part because I like being able to I'm not actually 100% sure if somebody has bookmarked your work if the author can see what tags and commentary you use you can they can yeah and Trust I me. <laughs> don't like that idea I want to be able to write my own comments without worrying about yeah. an author seeing it mm-hmm. um Not that I usually have anything bad to say about it because I'm bookmarking it. It's something that I really enjoy. But I like being able to write my own weird comments without anybody else seeing it or only the people that I've shared it with can see it.
0: I think that some of the things that I tag fic with for my own reference would probably make people uncomfortable just because there Mm -hmm. are some things where it's like really really dark but I thought it was written really really well yeah and so I'm like read with caution or like yeah bad stuff here and that's just like my note to myself to be like right exactly be in the right headspace for this if you want to read something that's pretty dark and I think that would be kind of rude to find and I've done that actually on Tumblr. I think I tagged something once and somebody reached out and they were like, why did you tag this particular thing this way? And I, that was really surprising for me. I tend to assume my stuff will get lost in the tags. And I like, I don't reblog stuff if I'm angry about it. My blog tends to be like a space for things I like, or I want to think about or I'm interested in, but I think it was something like, I don't know, like the tag just could be taken uh, in a meaner way than I intended like language wise it was one of those like holy shit this is fucking crazy or something like that and maybe the person was uncomfortable with that language being used about their art and I was like okay I, I need to be a little more cautious huh. and at least put a tag in there that indicates that I found it right you know appealing enough to reblog or it made me think or something like that like yeah been into positive territory not just neutral to bad
1: Yeah, that's something that I hadn't really thought of very much. I've seen enough posts where artists have talked about you know going through the tags on their art, and so I sometimes, if it's something that I like very much, or if I'm adding additional commentary, then I'll try and comment specifically on what it was that I liked about a thing. But usually, I just Mm. tag something very simply with other people's art, and then whatever the fandom is, unless I have something extra to say about it. But I guess I never really thought about the fact that potentially putting something like, oh, shit, on a piece of art might potentially come across as negative.
0: I mean, I think there was a language barrier as well. I've seen that Mm. coming uh, up on Twitter as an issue where some of the ways that Americans especially express appreciation in fandom is, like, this is killing me, like, you're Uh, making me want to die, like that kind of stuff. Sure. And other cultures are like, "What? Don't die! Like it's just art! Like you're making me nervous." I think we're throwing around some terminology that's getting lost in translation, and yeah. the severity is much higher there.
1: That is a good point mm-hmm. that I haven't considered
0: very deeply. I don't tag that kind of stuff yeah. usually. I don't really want to like wish myself ill in the tags. I try to keep my own <laughs> words about myself positive. Yeah, uh,
1: those sorts of tags. Um, you know, if other people want to use it, fine. It makes me personally a little uncomfortable to use.
0: Yeah, I get a little concerned. So I try to avoid that kind of stuff. I'm also just, uh, personally, uh, for mental health stuff, I'm like, you know, maybe try not to apologize for things. I think I said this in one of the first episodes where I I really prefer it when people who make things for a fandom don't apologize for liking something so much. I think that's a cultural thing that we have to deal with where enjoying something unashamedly, unabashedly, enthusiastically is seen as something that's like cringeworthy. Cringy. Yeah, that's the new thing that's coming up is cringe. And it's it's sad to see there's times and places for this kind of stuff like again i really limit who i talk to about fandom things because some of my friends aren't in fandoms and uh the way that they interact with media is different which has been interesting to experience honestly i was watching a show with a friend of mine i was watching mandalorian with a friend of mine and there's an episode where the mandalorian is uh chilling on a planet with his new mercenary friend and there's a lady who asks him about taking his mask off. And it's very clearly like a flurry thing. And I was like, you think they're going to, they're going to bone. And my friend was like, I don't, I don't know. And I was like, why aren't you thinking about all the potential ways this romantic relationship right. could go? <laughs> do you think what he leaves it on? Do you, you, on? you, must do have you opinions. think he just wants to watch and not participate? Do you think the mercenary and this lady are going to hook up and he's in the room? Like, what? <laughs> There's many scenarios here. And he was like, I, I don't think about that. That's kind of weird. And I was like, I don't think it's particularly weird, but I guess it's That's weird that weird. I brought it up with you. And I now know that you're not comfortable <laughs> talking about that. So gonna step back on that one, and I can spitball cannons with somebody else.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, because for a long time, I also was very cautious about bringing up fandom stuff, I think in part just because I got the sense growing up that just none of my friends were super interested, and so I was like, well, there's no point in bringing it up, because nobody else really wants to talk about it with me, mm-hmm. and so I think I've gotten much more comfortable talking about it with other people even people that I don't know if they're fandom folks or not I think in part just because it's something that I've now spent two years studying in school and part of me really wants to make it a more a slightly more normalized thing and so I've become much more comfortable being like yes I've written papers about fan fiction archives and fandom and let me talk to you all about this stuff because i I find it normal and I want you to find it normal and to not look at me like I'm a crazy person when I'm talking about fan fiction.
0: I'm curious, when we're saying people who participate in fandom, that to me is distinct from people who like a thing a lot. I would agree. Even if they like it so much that they'll like quote the thing and recommend watching it and maybe own merchandise from it. That is different from being in a fandom. And I'm I'm wondering how, like, Do we have a definition for a a distinction there?
1: Um, Yes and no. So, like, I guess stepping back for a second, there were some terms that were coined, I want to say in, like, the late 2000s, maybe, or maybe the early 2010s of, like, transformational and affirmational fandom. And this is something that I still see used occasionally, but it's not used quite as much anymore because I think it is a little bit too... Divisive, but the general idea behind that was that you would have affirmational fans who tended more to stick to canon stuff, and their way of engaging in fandom was by memorizing and by learning what the canon was. So that would be quoting things, that would be buying official merchandise, that would be studying up on trivia. So the idea is sort of, you know, who knows the most about this fandom. And the more you know, the bigger a fan or the more legitimate a fan you are, you know? Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, you have this concept of transformational fandom where the point is not necessarily how much you know about the original fan product, so to speak. It's the, the idea is more that you're engaging with it in order to change it in a way to transform it. So that's creating... Fan art—that's creating fan fiction—that's you know headcanons. There are some who might say it's you know, appropriating the work, or you know there was there's a really prominent fan scholar named Henry Jenkins who wrote a book called Textual Poachers, hmm. um, and that's sort of where this idea came from of you're taking the work and you're turning it into something else and you're making it your own. Uh, you, you're you're poaching it and you're taking the original original text and doing whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So there is sort of that division. It's Fandom, I think, tends to be more of like a Venn diagram. I would say it also depends on how someone might self-identify as a fan or not as a fan.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I think last year, I was responsible for leading a class on fandom. Mm -hmm. And so this was a class where we had spent a lot of time, we had spent an entire class talking about K-pop and everyone was talking about how much they loved it or talking about various shows, that sort of thing. And it was you know, a room full of media scholars who presumably consume a lot of media and are very interested Mm -hmm. in it. And so I went into this class and at some point towards the beginning, asked folks to provide examples of like, what they were fans of, or to like raise your hand if you're like, consider yourself a fan of something. And nobody raised their hand. Nobody provided anything. Which was very, very weird to me. And I was really surprised by it. Um, because I'm like, we just spent all this time talking about K-pop and none of you would say that you're fans of K-pop. And so I think self-identifying as a fan is also a really large part of it. You know, choosing to participate in fandom and actively seeing yourself as being a fan of something.
0: I mean, it is a community at that point. When you're self-identifying as a fan of something, it tends to mean that you are going to be a part of that community to whatever degree you're comfortable. I mean, I wait in the shallows for sure. Yeah. Like My toes are wet and that's about it. But I still think about uh, media in a very particular way that I recognize is a category of fandom it's fun to kind of just play in the space yeah. and I get sucked into things and really obsessed with them and it's fun to talk about and think about and read and consume and I think about a time before I knew about fan fiction and I had to just live in the space that I made up or the space that was the original work that I loved so much and that's a very interesting time to think about because I I feel like I still loved things just as deeply as I do now, but it was so much more internal. And it's been really nice with fandom and seeing fandom, even if I'm totally just like a boyer for it and <laughs> don't comment much and kind of just hoard things that I think are cool in a little folder that is called shit that makes me smile on my computer that's about as far as I'm willing to go with it, but it's so lovely to just have that option available as a fan, to know where to find the things that I want to find, and know that there are people out there producing what I want to find as well.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I love the idea of fandom as a community,
0: because yeah, I was the same, where
1: I mostly participated in fandom on my own growing up, and didn't I think, really realized what else was available to me for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And now it's hard really to imagine participating in a fandom again in isolation, just because I enjoy it so much more when I can engage with others, whether that's talking in person with you know, friends of mine about something, or even just reblogging content or reading fan fiction and leaving, leaving a comment or something, you know, being able to know at least that there are other people out there who enjoy the same thing that I'm enjoying and who are invested in it to such an extent that they're also willing to create content which I'm not particularly inclined in that direction just because I don't have any strong talent or motivation to create like art or very much fan fiction but I love being able to consume it
0: yeah It makes me appreciate the original work in different ways. Yeah, definitely. The fandom meta is so much fun to look at, where people have looked at maybe the entire arc of a work, depending on how long it is, and they've thought about certain pieces in it and how they contributed to later bits and developed characters and plot lines and led you towards the inevitable end of the story. And then sometimes they're like, but that doesn't make any sense. So I'll write a different ending uh, or something oh, like yeah. that. And that's totally cool too. But just thinking about the, the process of breaking down a work is something that I had to do for my undergrad degree uh, in English. And I started to kind of lose the plot towards the end of it where I didn't care as much about that because I was like, how did this apply to real life? But it's still a lot of fun to do, thinking critically about these kind of things and um, reflecting on why certain choices went a certain direction. And it means something because, like, if you love a work this much, it was good. (laughs) And you cared about it. There's something there, too, about media being good versus bad and problematic versus unproblematic. Mm -hmm. And these are not synonyms good and unproblematic are not the same thing by yeah. far. and again that's a whole different conversation that that's probably will have to conversation. Happen several <laughs> times uh over the course of this podcast especially if we delve into specific fandoms because there's really nothing out there that is unproblematic and that's totally fine it's just being critical of it and seeing what you got out of it and thinking about what other people from different backgrounds might have gotten out of it as well. Um, Mm -hmm. That's kind of mostly where I really enjoy reading uh, other people's commentary on something is when they come from a different background than me and they got something totally different out of something uh, that we both consumed, but their life experience led them to a different conclusion than me or emphasized a certain point that I totally glossed over. And that sort of commentary is so cool to find and I think only exists really in such an accessible way because of the internet.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, the internet's done so many things and it's done a lot to (laughs) change the way that fandom behaves, acts, is participated in. And I mean, there's a lot to be said there too for the way that Online fandom in particular has impacted the way that fans interact with each other and also with content creators. Yes. Which also is an entire other episode.
0: Yes. I'm very excited to talk about parasocial relationships, which is a word I learned recently.
1: (laughs) Sure. I mean, that and also just like the, you know, fans' relationships with celebrities, with content creators. I wrote several papers and gave presentations about the Star Wars fandom and what happened with The Last Jedi. So there's a lot of different directions that this can go in, both kind of on the more positive side, but also on the more negative side. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that is produced when fandom goes online.
0: (laughs) It's such a different way of creating, honestly. As somebody who does original work as well as fan fiction, It's a different headspace to be in. And because I've participated in fandom, it's quite stressful to make your own original work. Because if you're not careful, and I am not a very careful person uh, you can start getting in your head about how someone else might dissect something. And some of that's very positive. Um, that's a good thing to think about is how someone with a different lived experience than you might interpret something that you've written. And if that is in a negative way that you did not intend, that's something worth rewriting. The problem is when it's a shitty first draft and yeah. you just need to get the damn thing out
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you can go back and fix things later. And so there's a, a, st- a stagnation that comes, I think, in my creative process at this point that I need to work through, where I need to unlearn some um, self critiquing that I have developed just from reading people's fandom meta and their very valid criticisms of works. Because at a certain point, making a thing, I think, is more important than making a thing that is perfect.
1: Yeah, I think that's entirely fair. I mean, I think there's no way for something to be entirely perfect, and so I think by reaching mm-hmm. for that, it's inevitable. It's sort of it's very self defeating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which I mean, I say as someone who doesn't create a lot of content, and so I can't really speak to that experience so much. But I don't know. <laughs> it's it's a tough question.
0: Yeah, and again, another thing worth exploring. But I think we are we are good talking about some fandom jargon and fandom as a concept versus being a fan of something with this episode, as well as, you know, having a wonderful time playing the <laughs> fandom version of Fuck Mary Kill.
1: <laughs> I feel there was a lot that happened in this episode. I think we were a little we touched on a lot of stuff.
0: Might yeah. come back
1: to some of it later.
0: Oh we'll definitely come back to quite a bit of this later. Yep. Uh Slowburn fake day enemies to lovers is perhaps a game we will play again.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> Uh, we can we
1: can maybe switch up the tropes next time. You know, we could do hmm. I don't know uh Snowden
0: uh, Edward Snowden? You're gonna you're gonna pull Edward Snowden. Nervous? Oh god.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we should do roommates for sure.
0: Yeah, we should do I feel like
1: roommates would be a good one. Um Sick Fic. Meh.
0: Ooh, that's hurt comfort territory.
1: That is a little hurt comfort, yeah.
0: Roommates. Hurt comfort and sharing a bed. Sharing I don't know. A bed. That's pretty good. We could
1: play with it. We can see what would make the the best categories.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for when we talk about AUs at some point.
1: We will get there.
0: <laughs> and the many <laughs> AUs that we have built. <laughs> oh
1: God, so many. <laughs>
0: Ah, uh, well, well, thank you for joining us during this, uh, somewhat tangential conversation about fandom Mostly and tangential. things. I mean, we stayed somewhat on track, uh, I could get, you know, we, we could get a thesis out of this if I listen back through it and figure <laughs> out <laughs> what our thesis was.
1: We'll go back in and we'll, like, put some sort of, like, sound bracket around the thesis.
0: <laughs> <Ta-da>. Yeah, <laughs> Here it is.
1: It will not make sense on the first listen through, but you can go back and listen to it again and then it will make sense.
0: Yes, you'll remember it. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you want to engage in some sort of fandom conversation with us, there's no promises, but you could totally email us at tforswears.pod at gmail.com. You can find us on Tumblr at taggedteaforswears.tumblr.com. We're on all major podcasting apps. Um, so if you'd, oh God, what's the term? Leave us kudos. You can comment, uh, subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'd love that. And we will see you next time.
1: I was going to say see you next time. Now I don't know <laughs> what my exit queue is. Uh, catch you later.
0: we need to come up with something that is AO3 themed but I don't know how they do they don't there's not really a sign off
1: there's not really a sign off
0: work in progress
1: yeah I, I really want that's not work... a fun one to no. end
0: on this has been like chapter three of don't know how many <laughs> chapter three of question mark 8000 words slow burn <laughs> oh, only one bad major major character death <laughs> Oh, boy, we got a 50-50 chance here. (laughs) We're on opposite sides of the country. It's going to be a very slow burn. (laughs) Slow burn and slow murder.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Excellent. It's enemies to lovers, but the real question is, do we get to the lovers before one of us
0: dies? (laughs) (laughs) We're trying to speed run it.